Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. I stole a while ago. You have a new background. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. I've got to the point now where I just have so many yeah, yeah. backgrounds. It's crazy. Even when we did multiple Ares episodes, I still did different Ares backgrounds, which were Ari backgrounds because I was being silly. I just have a folder called desktop stuff that I, whenever yeah. I find like choice pictures that I want to keep, I just dump. So it just keeps growing. One day my, my children, when I'm dead, will have to like look through my desktop stuff folder and find all these weird pictures <laughs> that I saved. Um, well, let's see. Uh, you said you're well, your day at work was good. That's good. And we haven't done any gaming. Uh, not since Monday. No, no. Uh, so but what we are going to do today is talk about gaming, specifically talk about some of the uh, some of the properties that have been published in full games. That is, let's be clear, full games that have been published in the Two D Twenty World Builders program and are available on Drive Through. Um, I've been in contact with some of the authors of these and um, have uh, copies of two of them specifically. That um, well, three that we've, we've read and I've been in contact with two of the authors. And so they were interested in, uh, two of them at least, were interested in having us review and talk about their, their work. So that's what we're going to do today. Yeah. How so do you want to start? Be, you had a disclaimer. I think that makes I got, a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, disclaimer. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't remember it. Yeah. yeah. Parental advisory at the start of a <laughs> of public service announcement. Um, yeah, public service announcement. Yeah, we kind of had this thing beforehand. I'll get to the disclaimer a bit. We're going to talk about background thought because this is something we thought about doing for a while because, like, you know, we review a lot of Modifia stuff and actually we've been blessed recently with a lot of Modifia stuff to review and actually we've got some things that we're going to review that we haven't reviewed yet. So we're, we're kind of like, you know, having had this big dearth of anything Modifia to suddenly have a bunch of stuff to look at is great. But we've also thought, well, World Builders is there and there are some things on there which are like, you know, relatively hefty, over 100 pages or that kind of thing. You know, not now I chucked out some crappy thing that was five pages. I think it was five pages, actually. Um, you were there's, first. You know, things that there that people, you know, yes, I wanted to get first. Um, people have put things on there which, you know, thought we'll have a look at. And we got stuck in this thing of, well, you know, they're on there as, as pay what you want. Well, I don't want to pay nothing because i that feels bad to me but at the same time if i pay money and then it's not good then i think i'll be more negative um and if we ask them up front well can you send us to them and then we'll review it then you feel that you have to be more generous because they've sent it to you so actually we went for a middle ground of well just download them and pay nothing and then if we talk about it on our podcast it's free advertising so free advertising is good um and then so we've got three different things that we've we've looked at um and then having looked at them and this is the disclaimer bit. So disclaimer, our, our opinions about this are our opinions, just as if we would review anything with Modifius. Now, to that extent, you know, it's not Modifius. Obviously, those are, it's a professional company with editors and artists and freelancers. And everyone got paid for that. Um, so, you know, we do expect a higher standard there. And sometimes we, you know, we aren't happy with what we got and we say so. Um, I think... When we've looked through this initially, we're kind of maybe was comparing it too much to the Modifia stuff. This is one person doing it by themselves. And if they've got art in it, it's because you know, they might have paid money or found some free stuff. Um, so, you know, we have to look at it like that. But the disclaimer, real disclaimer, disclaimer bit is that this is our honest opinion. This is not, okay, before, you know, and someone's, well, someone is still going to say this is the case. This is not Jeremy has written a bigger, longer thing with more art and his is better. So we feel the need to slate other people's stuff because then hopefully everyone will buy Jeremy's stuff, right? For first, I, I, I don't get anything from Jeremy's thing. So if that was the case, there, there's no incentive for me to be doing this. So everything I'm saying is my honest opinion. Um, and, and Jeremy isn't that kind of person that would do that anyway. Plus, if you, you, know, if you want us to be doing anything to pimp uh, Ares, we've done plenty of episodes on that. We don't, it's not we don't need to be dragging down it's other not people. Pimping, to... It's marketing and promotion. Right. Let me let me just but, jump yeah. in and, and say this really quickly. I, I believe that a rising tide floats all boats. And I like I like the idea of the World Builders program in that as people innovate 
on rules that anyone can can use those and be inspired by them the the world content the ip um is uh you know obviously is is belongs to the the creator i really like that i like the you know iron sharpens iron and a, and a rising tide floats all boats so if we as people who are contributing in whatever form to the world builders program i think if we we turn to each other and i have behind the scenes um, and had others do the same with me. I think that's good. Uh, so yeah, no, for sure. There's a lot of space for a lot of different kinds of games. So yeah, don't take this in any way, shape, or form as being, you know, a competition, um, not in the least. Um, but yeah, we- so I mean, of all three of the ones we're going to look at, there are there are negatives, and we're not going to hide from that. But there are positives for each of these, um, and we'll try. Well, you and know, what? I would I would phrase possible. that. I would phrase that actually as there are things we like and there are things that we would we would change. Yes. Because, you know, I, there's so much of this is so incredibly subjective, um, you know, so whatever. So some of the I, things I'll, I'll just state as like this is what I saw and not this is what I really think of it too much. But one thing I'll throw in right at the start that all three have in common. One, some of these move further is a lot of these have clearly used the SRD as a large chunk of the base. Now, from right. what, what, what I mean by that, is that um, you can move quite far. You know, the SRD has a lot of different moving bits. And if we think of our average Modifius thing, a lot, some Modifius games move far from that base. Now, one yeah. of the things we liked about, for example, you know, recent Modifius things, uh, Dreams of Machines moves quite far from that base. So that's interesting to us. Mm-hmm. One of the criticisms we had of Cohorts Cthulhu is that it's super similar to um to just Arctum. acting cthulhu yep. like the way home world is just star trek so those are less interesting to us because they don't move you know they, they, they're not bringing that new thing you know i like to see new rules and if there's not new rules then i then i want you know then we're purely looking at the setting um and some of these move further than others mm-hmm. from the sort of from the from the basics i mean you yeah. know the, the thing i wrote because it was so short it didn't have anything at all it literally didn't even have rules it said look at the sid and use these yeah. rules and here's the things i'm using from the srd um Eris moves in some ways it toes quite close to it and in other words it moves moves quite a lot um yeah i i don't i have not seen anything from world builders um creations product products rather i haven't seen anything from anybody that is like as far from the srd as dreams and machines or dune you know, and those things, Dreams and Machines obviously is new, but Dune is entirely possible. It's covered by it. The rules are. Um, it's out there. So obviously people could be inspired by it, but I haven't seen anything get that like incredibly narrative. On the other hand, no one has gone back to Conan and Infinity in terms of like overall degree of crunch or or stripping the system back to like uh, like what it was with Mutant Chronicles. So it, it, most people, and I would count myself in this with Eris, are sitting in that mid-range somewhere in the vicinity of Octum Cthulhu and, and, uh, and Star Trek Adventures. But anyway, let's go ahead and get it. We'll, we'll hit a couple of these, and, um, and then uh, we'll put links to the World Builders pages. So if you're interested in them, you can go get them. What are we going to look at first? Well, let's start in alphabetical order. So Ashland, then. Start with Ashland. Um, Ashland, let's see, how do we, how do we explain it? Ashland is a post-apocalyptic game set on earth, set a few hundred years after some mysterious calamity caused volcanoes to erupt and wreck the earth. Um, the author is intentionally and explicitly vague on the cause of the burn, this thing that happened, um, which... I don't like to jump into like my assessment or commentary too early, but I'm actually cool with that. Like I like with Eberron, the morning is never defined. Like there's this big thing, this major thing in the setting. And the author is saying, you know, you can figure out what you want to do with that. What's most important is that it happened. Uh, so, so I think that's cool. I think that's a good thing, but it, it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic world. It reminds me, um, the, the the call it like the boundaries of the setting story-wise kind of remind me of uh like gamma world way more toward gamma world minus the mutations um like pervasive mutations for characters uh 
way more of that than Fallout. You know, Fallout's post-apocalyptic, but it has a very specific tone, vibe, and look. Yeah. Um, Fall, uh, Ashland does not. Um, so it picks up a couple hundred years after this calamity and characters fit into one of three general factions, like based on where they come from. Either they're from these like domed survivor technological high-tech cities, or they live out in the wastelands, or they live in these from these undersea cities that survived the calamity. And they're like the only, from what I understand from the setting, they, they seem to be the only uh, like continuously existing um, people, groups of people from before this, uh, this calamity, if I understand it correctly. Uh, so, so that's, that's what setting wise, that's what it is. Uh, what about the the rules? Tell what do, what do you think of uh, the... the rules are relatively standard. Again, that's not saying it's a bad thing. Just you know, kind of, so we know we are. So we've got you know, the the, the basic rules of how you play the game is very is, is yeah. basic two d twenty with the exception we've got some name changes. So threat becomes hazard, uh, and then we've got the slightly confused. This would only be confusing if you've played a lot of other two d twenty games. If you've never played a two d twenty game, this wouldn't mean nothing. No, easy. So momentum becomes fortune and fortune becomes grit so that would be confusing if you'd played another 2d20 game because you'd be like oh i'm going to use my momentum and then someone gets confused about like fortune here is meaning not a big deal that's not a big deal it's not a big deal at all. i actually um, think that the use of the term hazard is i like that like yeah. threat turned to doom for for conan makes sense um and hazard in this hazardous post-apocalyptic dangerous world i think that makes sense so i yeah, thought that was, I would, that was a cool I really like thing. that i mean like this this you know the thing that we're working on at the moment we're trying to we're, we're struggling with a name for something um you know i like i like grit grits grits a nice name it, yeah. it, it, it's more thematic to what it is in this world um i think it's just easy to keep momentum as momentum because it's always momentum but the fact it's changing it doesn't actually change anything at all um we have the six basic attributes that we have in the SID. And then we do have a slight change because we have different skills. So we have move, fighting, um, operating, surviving, and we have communicating, which is basically the same. But then we have enduring. So survival looks like it's been split up in sort of enduring and surviving. And likewise, Noah's been split up into thinking and observing. So we've split some of the skills up. So we ended up with eight skills, which I like because like in some ways, the basic six are a bit too narrow sometimes. I think particularly if if depending on how your game is you know like it worked in star trek there were six disciplines so in some other things six is fine but to some other things six maybe isn't enough so the fact that he's got more skills yeah thumbs up for me for yeah more and skills. i think just as a as a reminder we can use this in the rest of this episode when we talk about standard srd what we're saying is your target numbers the existence of focuses the role and costs associated with momentum and in this case, hazard, uh, in this case, grit, like all those basic mechanical things that are presented in the SRD as the center of mass version of 2D20. When we say standard SRD, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so there aren't, I don't, there aren't any radical changes. Like, and in terms of like NPC creation, you've got three levels of NPCs, uh, the NPC creation rules with a standard stat array that you assign and skills, um, all the same so really standard srd in terms of the rules yeah um character creation is nice because we do have kind of a life path thing yeah. so you know it'd be very if, like if you look at the srd the srd basically says this many points for attributes this many points mm -hmm. for skills pick some talents which yep. this has um pick some focuses sort of do your stress done here we do actually have you know we have the we have origin so where you're sort of from uh, and that's where you get, you know, there's some, again, this, this, like you got the idea of the people living these sea things. Um, we have archetypes, which kind of is like your role, which is cool. Yep. Uh, then we have this, this more of a leg more of life, I think, with your upbringing, mm -hmm. um, communities, genotype, which that's how you then get into not being a baseline human, which then gives you access to these special talents, which you can have. So that's cool. Uh, it, so, you know, the, the character creation that. is more complicated than your super basic yeah one that you and i like i like the the upbringing in the community because like what and it's it, it, i i had no contact with the the author of this while i was developing aris and this this actually preceded the release of aris although i knew that it was in the making i knew he had put out the character sheet on the modifius discord 
Um, but I think it's funny. I think he and I develop he and I developed or approached that from the same angle, albeit independently. And I like that combination. And when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh yeah, I did that. But that, that I, I dig that. The idea that like your family is this, but where is that family? Um, so that's a it's a good way to, I think, make um make for a life path type of character creation that's not restrictive. So, and he also has about eight pages of talents, uh, some of which will be recognizable. Like if you've played Star Trek Adventures, some of them are, are reworded or ported over and some of them are original. Uh, I think it's a good spread. Um, and, uh, and for those people who took the time to translate or create talents, especially eight pages of them, I tip my hat to you because <laughs> I didn't do that. But uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a wide selection of, um, of talents. I think you could... If you had a clear idea as to what kind of how 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 your post-apocalyptic character and campaign was going to be like, I think you could you could easily build what you wanted in this. You wouldn't be stuck. Um, pretty much the combat and equipment rules are, you know, relatively normal. There's vehicle rules in it because I don't know the vehicle rules in the SID. I can't really comment on whether this is adds to the SRD or doesn't. Because it's it's just... pretty much as from the SRD. Which I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't look at that necessarily as a positive or negative. I, from no, a personal standpoint, from what? It, it just is. I mean, yeah, it just is. The from a personal standpoint, I share your interest in seeing what rules, innovations, other creators create. I'm interested in that. But on the other side of it, um, you if know, it the rules broke, work. Yeah. What? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. The rules work. 2D20 works. And so, especially someone who might have read the SRD and looked at it, they, they, you're essentially, you're, you're grabbing a setting with some trappings attached to it rules-wise. So I don't think it's a, if you're looking for a totally unique spin on 2D20, it's not here, but that doesn't, but, it, but it's totally playable. So yeah, doesn't need to be. Um, You've got pretty reasonable rules again, like you said. They, he sticks with the three minor, the three kind of group minor, notable major mm -hmm. NPCs with rules how to make them. You've got a little bit here on NPC talents, which is a nice little tweak. So yeah, that's you got about. You said we're like upwards of thirty uh, NPCs and animals. Yeah, we've got the. So we have a we have a decent sized beast tree. There's a lot of creatures in here. Yep. Um, it gives you some sense of the world. That's good. Yeah, I mean, there's like, it's a, it's a, like it is a decent size. There's, how many did you yeah. say you said? There's about 30 pages. About 30. It's a, a mixture the... of sort of like, not so much like, like mutated animal kind of monsters and then, you know, NPCs, uh, which is always handy. Games Master section is quite big. Again, I'm not, I kind of not really looked at the Games Master in the SRD, so I don't know how much of this is from that and how much is original. I, I, the, the author did a, a nice job, I think, of, uh, I'm on page 137. And by the way, the, the whole PDF is 150 pages. And there's a little bit of front and back matter and there is a character sheet. So you're looking at about 140 pages or so of, of content, which is quite a lot. Um, there's a lot of guidance here for using hazard, that is using threat to create traits on the fly for environmental hazards, like hazard with a lowercase h. And I think that's, that's useful. Like if you're, if you're out in the wasteland somewhere and you're dealing with you know i don't know i'm thinking road warrior here you know you, you you find the truck and you are you know looking around and seeing if you know maybe the truck is booby trapped or something like you as the gm have decided that the truck is booby trapped and someone's looking through it so you're like okay well they open the door and the arrow shoots out oh, that's going to be a um, a hazard that's piercing well right here he's got that information to explain like how to how to quickly on the fly adjudicate that that's actually really handy yeah, um, especially if there's like a, an exploration side to this where you're, you're constantly dealing with environmental threats, hazards, sorry. Um, and then at the end, we get this like short three-ish page adventure and then like a, a map of a local area and, mm -hmm. and like a starting location you could use, which is one of those dome cities. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's it. So, you know, it's a and completely playable game. Yeah, we, have a we have a completely playable game using 2d20 um some setting there's there's enough monsters in there well, sorry npcs in there for you to have uh as you know things to go and shoot or fight against or whatever else 
Yeah, I think that uh, if you are into, if you like 2D20, if you like the standard SRD presentation of the rules, and you like a, and this word sounds, it, it, it can have a negative connotation, but I do not mean it in that sense here. If you like kind of a, a generic approach to a post-apocalyptic world you if you or rather if you already have a vision as a gm or a player like i'd like to play like a road warrior type thing or like a judge dread sort of thing where there's there are places there are bastions of high tech and there are these domed cities and these underwater um place cities um and then you venture out into the wasteland you could even yeah i mean if, if that interests you and you like 2d20 you could easily make all of that happen um there's not a lot of uh really detailed um setting information in the book um and in the adventure there isn't really like a, a strong sense a little, little bit on like the factions but there isn't a really like powerful sense of like this is what makes this post-apocalyptic world different like fallout you put fallout next to gamma yeah. world you read five pages of either of those and you're like whoa these are really different the vibe the look the tone very different um i do know that the author is working on setting material so you know i think it's, it's in a core book which essentially this was it's like a double-edged yeah. sword if if people want to play in a post-apocalyptic version of 2d20 they can take this and do it in their own world bingo but if it added another 50 pages of setting in That'd be great to play in his world. But then if you didn't want that, that's 50 pages that the guys worked on that people don't want. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, at least this, he's got it out. He's like, if people, if this is successful, loads of people buy it uh, and throw money for it, then he can go and take it with a setting. Yep. Because yeah, it would be nice to see some more, to see some more setting stuff for this. But then plenty I'm... of people be like, well, I don't want more setting. I just want the, the core rules. Yeah. So um yeah. yeah so i'm i'm curious about and interested in what what will what he'll produce for uh the setting because I mean, he really he really has three different um he's got his domed cities he's got the wastelands he's got these undersea areas and i think that um i think it'll be interesting as ashland the world is fleshed out through setting material that that provides his vision and details um for those things in the meantime, you know, you can take those ideas and you can come up with your own stuff. And, um, and if you just, like I said, want to play like your typical PA world, this, this will do the trick. All right. What's next then? So the next one is the mermaids thing, isn't it? Yes. Because that's how the alphabet works. It does. So mermaids of the mermaids depths. of the depths. Um, Jeremy doesn't like the art in this. I love the art in this. Therefore the art in this is personal preference. There's a yeah. big anime girl on the front of it, and then throughout, particularly where the character, where we have the characters, we have these big, um, with you know almost like half a page, like character things of these different frames yeah. you can have. So this world's, I don't. And just I my disclaimer: I'm just not a fan of anime art. It's yeah, just where, a, whereas I am. So this is so 100 is personal preference. Totally. It's like anime art is like Marmite. I love it. My wife hates it. You hate it. You know. It's... I don't hate it. I just ignore it. Well, I, you know, and I've not tried it, Marmite, so essentially I, I... it doesn't. You know, it doesn't. It's it's not putting it one way or the other. Yeah, I, yeah. I personally, I like the art. Was the way I I got this one. I, I like the, the the art's very polished. I'll, so I'll this is a futuristic transhuman setting. I say that because it's one of those settings where you you can take your brain and your brain is essentially digitized. And then it's put into these things. And the things that you are in is so strange. <laughs> Even explaining this is just bizarre. So your brain is essentially put into what we call frames. So frames are like these sort of these different bodies. But the standard ones you have are all different mermaids, which is why the game is called Mermaids of the Depths. There you go. So I'm going to jump straight to these frames because the frames is the thing that makes it stand out. So like, as well as when you, we'll come to the rest of the character creation, most of the rest of it's pretty standard, but when you do it, you have these frame, you have these different frame things. So your first one is just a mermaid. You're like straight up. It's kind of this, you know, biological, partly robot body that just looks like a mermaid. Then there's a mer shark. Then there's 
oh, I'm going to say Scylla, but I'm actually not sure the pronunciation of it, which is, this is, they you know, the name is from Greek myth. So it's this girl mm-hmm. that's kind of like an octopus, but has like these hellhounds on the end of it. Yeah. She looks really cool. Um, the next one, uh, I'm going to go Otahime, which is a seahorse or half seahorse. Yep. It's a mermaid seahorse. <laughs> Uh, the Nerid, who is another kind of mermaid, but actually has legs with big flappy things on, so she's super nimble. Uh, and then the Kraken, who again is a kind of octopusy type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one is Cancer, who is a crab mermaid. Um, I just love that; they're so cool. <laughs> Whereas you're just like, I don't like you know, it. you know what though? Here's here's the thing, and I'm I'm with you completely, and I'm I'm absolutely I'm positive about this. Not positive, like I'm certain. I'm positive. I I am I'm on a I'm upbeat about this. Whoever the the author is, E L H. I don't, I don't know what ELH is, but ELH is like completely everything about this setting is like on, it's just right there. There's nothing coy about it. Like this is, you're, you're, a, you're a mermaid. You're a mechanical mermaid who wears like a coat underwater. And you know what? Like if that's your thing, that's awesome because that's just like, okay. I could I could just see this being an anime or a manga. Like totally, 100%. totally. Um, the, the setting is quite much. Since the setting, <laughs> the setting is in the future. The sea level is reasonably ridiculous. We yeah. get this really cool map, and basically all that's left on the Earth is like, like the tallest specs. mountains, and that's it. That's yeah. all we have. And, the, so like, and I like what's interesting too is the uh, the the author. Um, you don't have adventures. You don't go on adventures. You go on dives. And yeah. the purpose of the dives is to find information and re- and mainly recover stuff. So it's like um, it's like Waterworld, but maybe better. Um, where you know you're Definitely you're, you're diving that. down to look for things. So in a way, it is it has a post apocalyptic side to it because there mm-hmm. is this collapsed society that's you know around you that you want to go dig into to find stuff. Um, and it looks like to the uh, your these frames, you can, because you can have a, a brain in a box, you can change frames, one change, but, but that is uh, like a character progression thing. Um, that's something that you, you don't just pick any of those initially. You, you pick the lower level one and then you can move up into the, the other ones. Yeah. Um, I like in here, I mean, rules wise, the rules are your, your basic, basic attributes. Uh, basic skills, your focuses, talents, everything else. Um, and then we have this frame idea put on top, yeah. which is cool. Um, and like, you know, all the combat, all the rules are basically really standard here. Where it bolts into is actually we do have a bit more of a background, which does, I mean, it is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have these quite good instructions on de- like developing a dive and where we could dive and other kinds of adventures maybe we can do. Um, and then at the end, we get these like higher level versions of these different frames that are like yep. properly kick ass. Right at the end of the book, we get this because this this game was designed. He I think he said he did it for his own like a like a, a like a home system that he yep. made, and he's ported it to Studio Twenty. Right at the back, there are some like hand sketched things that were never colored in for mail, um, for like mail frames. But they're boring because, every, because all the frames, everything to to, the, to that point in the book is female. Yeah, why would we want mermen? Mermen of the depth. It's all about the mermaids. Um, We do have a couple of, uh, a little bestiary with a couple of, it was literally one page. So that would be nice if we had like way more of that. Um, But, and then we do have a, again, we have a nice short little adventure that we can play through. Yep. Um, Oh, two short little adventures. No, I'm talking crap because I've still, I'm going, I'm about the third now. So we have three short adventures. Character sheet looks nice. Okay. I thought the char- one thing cool, the thing on the character sheet is where possible, he's tried to make, he's got little icons next to the skills yeah. and attributes and where possible, he tried to make them like see things. Yeah. So like, like, a, we have, like a fish tail and we have, like, water splashes and seaweed. Help. Seaweed, um, yeah, yeah. So it's weird. It is, it, it's not just, this is in no way generic at all. This is very much, this is a setting and everything is designed towards this setting. And he hasn't had to change the rules to that. He's added frames on top. Um, I guess there was no real need here to actually change any of the basic rules at all. But yeah, like everything, everything here is here that you need. I mean, this again, I'd, I'd like actually. There's a decent enough setting here to get the idea, and there is stuff in here for like what do the characters do. There's one thing I felt was missing from Ashland. Maybe I would, I'd like more. You know, what can the characters do? I guess because it's post-apocalyptic, you think well, everyone can work. Think, that see, out for most people, it's already pretty obvious. Well, you had that problem with Octung Cthulhu, though. 
to an extent. Well, I mean, I said that they don't explain it, but because of the setting, I think you yeah. can work it out. But th this, because he actually does give suggestions of what you can do and a couple of adventures just give you an idea of what to do with. Because um, the setting is pretty gonzo here. So, um, <laughs> to say the but, least. But I mean, I, I quite like this. It, it's, it's quirky and fun. I don't think you'd, I think you'd said this when we talked. I don't think you'd play this for like a long campaign, but I can definitely see sitting down and going, like, let's just, let's play a few sessions of this. <laughs> you know, I, I, and okay. And see, this is, this is where, and again, this isn't, this is not a, um, this isn't a judgment one way or another. This is just, as my mother in law would say, it's just an is. This is a clearer um, presentation of a setting. Uh, but it's also very, it's so, um, it's a pretty narrow lane, mm. you know? I mean, maybe there's going to be additional material for it. Maybe I have no idea what the author's plans are to, you know, is going to flesh the world out or whatever and add more to it. Um, it's very clear as to like, you're, this is what you are. This is what you do. This is why you do it. So that's very, it's very, very clear. I think that sometimes, uh, you know, those kinds of things, like you just said, they, they can have a, they create limitations because you're like, well, this is what I am and this is what I do and this is why I do it. And that's it. And if you want to do that, that's cool. Um, on the other hand, you know, something where there isn't a very specific idea as to like, this is why, this is the why behind all of your, all the stories. You're like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But then you, you feel like, free if you feel inspired but uh but yes gonzo is definitely and quirky quirky yeah. for sure um i mean there's there's, there's quite a lot of transhumanism stuff uh, the only yeah. thing i think i'd really find for missing this when the setting is this off the world's not the right word but when the setting is this different from a kind of normal i'd always like a kind of like what what's a day-to-day -day thing yeah what, what's day-to-day -day life like that was something i struggled with mutant chronicles i never really understood why like, if you're just like you know you walk out of where you live yeah, what does it and look like? And you go like? into the streets. What does it do. look like? I always struggled with that in Mutant Chronicles. Whereas like Conan, that wasn't an issue. I got it. It was, right. it was you know, it's you, go, you can go back because it's kind of Earth thing. You're right. You go back to the Dark Ages. Um, so like Infinity, I get it. It's like high, it's high futuristic cyberpunk. I know what that looks like. And there's enough art to work it out. Yeah. Here, because we have his character art, I don't have a, I could do with a better idea of what goes yeah. on in day to day. There's actually plenty of background stuff kind of like the different you know different factions who the different sort of classes of people mm. are and why certain people do what they do so that's clear but it's like you know if you get up in the morning you know where do you buy your food you know silly stuff like that do you like do yeah. you get yeah. up in the morning and go yeah. buy your food like are you always is your 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 brain in a box is it always in one of these frames preparing to go on a dive um, but there is still, you know, there's a decent amount of stuff to it. We've got stuff about fashion and there's these sections of 3D printing and modes of transport and, and yeah. stuff. So yeah, there's, it's, there's a lot in there. It's clear. Uh, and I, I dig the fact that it's, it's clear that the author has a, a, a vision. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if this author, because this author has put out some other things as well, but that are, that are not of this. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the author continues to support this and flesh it out um but yeah nothing it, else I'd, I'd like to see more monsters because yeah, we, we only have four you I'll, almost I'll have as many adventures on. as monsters yeah i'll end my comments with this by the way it's 98 pages the pdf's 98 pages if you are interested if the idea of, of doing like undersea adventures in a quasi transhuman post-apocalyptic world where you play a natalie dressed um robotic mermaid woman if that sounds like that would be an interesting evening, do it. And then our third one. Our third one is sentience. Which for some reason I'd got into my head that I knew it began with S and I kept calling it singularity and I have no yeah. idea why other than it began with S. Anyway, sorry, it's not. It's called sentience. It's called sentience. All right. Sentience. Let's give the super short version. Um, in sentience, you play robots that live on a planet full of robots that have some of the robots have gained sentience not all but this planet's been left like left alone by humans and there's a bunch of robots that were living on this planet and then some of them awaken mm -hmm. and when they awaken you become a player character yep and the so pdf by the way is 126 pages just yeah. FYI. um this has a, a lot of art throughout mm -hmm. even i mean even the basic pages have just like stupid I'm, yeah there's 
they look pretty. Headers and footers. There's header and footer like um, art. And so the, the whole thing is um, it's formatted in a way that looks very coherent, like design wise, color wise. Um, it's easy on the eyes because yeah, it's, it's just a white background with, um, with black text, simple sans serif font. Um, so, so we get a lot of stuff about and this kind of who like the robot society and sentience and what does it mean to be sentient and emotions and psychology and so on. And then as a matter of fact, the attributes are emotions. You don't have attributes. You have six emotions. Jumping ahead. Sorry. Um, Oh, faith and religion. Do robots have a robot God? Okay. They they do have a robot church. So I'm kind of going, yeah. Um, And then we got this thing kind of like the, you know, humanity is maybe there's coming back. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely a bit vague there. We have factions. They call them social groups here, but they're basically, you know, sort of different groups of how the things see each other. Quite a lot of those. Uh, and then we're into our character rules. Mm-hmm. So we have a reason. We have a reasonable idea of what what society is like, and how the robots interact with each other. And this idea of them being sentient, yep. and what it means to be sentient. Um, once we get into character creation, the biggest difference in character creation, as Jeremy's already said, because he jumped the gun, Sorry. Um, is we don't have we don't have attributes. I actually thought to start with, I thought this game was using values because the first thing it has in character creation, pretty much after traits, is values. And I was like, oh god, all right, hard no. And then I was no values here are, um, you know, like values are in Star Trek, where right. they're like a character trait, but it's not a trait. It's a a thing you're meant to play towards, yeah. kind of thing. But then, yeah, instead of attributes, we have emotions. We have mm-hmm. anger, fear, joy, love, pride, and sadness as our as our things that we roll against. And the stated part of the stated like reason for being of this game, or or like persistent story side to it, is that as your character, this newly awakened sentient robot functions and navigates through those emotions. I think that makes sense. You know, you, if you had just, you know, I've always seen Star Trek The Next Generation where, you know, periodically data struggles with emotions or not having emotions or understanding people with emotions, things like that. Um, and when he has his emotion chip, there are times when he deals better with it and sometimes he has problems with it. And so I think that that is, that, that seems to me to be a, um, like a persistent theme that the author would like wants you to play through. So hence you don't have attributes, you have emotions. That's how your, that's how your robot um, in part experiences and works with the world. Um, we then have, well, we have skills, but they're not called skills. They're called protocols, but right. they're, they're the six skills. Yeah, and they're not quite actually analyze, communicate, move, observe, operate, and survive. So actually none of them are fight. Um, we then have uh, talents. Which are called, which are the programs? Oh no, programs is something different again. Oh, programs is the word for focuses. I remember now. Yep. Um, so again, what we've done here is renamed things, but essentially we have skills and we have we have uh, focuses. Which uh, you know what? And, and, and if you're trying to get in the vibe of this idea of like I'm a robot, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I know what they are and I'm looking through is it, it doesn't matter. It's a nice way of making it be more in character. You don't have skills and focuses you have protocols and programs which is nice um character creation is action then again it's more of a life path thing we have these different uh you know we have these starting roles which i guess are kind of like your you know your kind of class type thing but then we have this thing like what happened when you awakened were you were mm-hmm. you aggressive were you confused uh you know were you curious which is cool because again that's the kind of stuff that builds your character so i yep. like those particularly i think in something like this when you're writing it yourself to actually put a life path in there as opposed to just uh you get this many points you get this many points this yeah. many points you know it makes your character more interesting uh we have social groups which is useful for background defining moments which is cool because that's the kind of stuff i expect from the very early games and, and by the way the, the defining moments what jumped out at me in fact some of them are um directly from i mean they're paraphrased but they're the defining moments are like the career events in star trek uh, adventures and you get two of them um so that 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 almost final step of character creation is is almost exactly the same as star trek adventures which you know i i like i like you know life paths you're right life paths are hard to make um without like creating a railroad 
Um, and yeah. so having something that already indicates that your character has done something or experienced something, I think provides a better on-ramp to stories and getting the character going, like having some, you know, like I, I'm not a fan of players writing exhaustive backstories that nobody cares about. I don't like that. It's tiring. But having these define, I'm looking at the page and pointing at it right now, having these defining moments, like something like you mentored another or created a new language or discovered an artifact or something like that. Those are the kinds of things that if you roll those or pick those, it's easy to call back to them and say, yep. well, oh yeah, when I negotiated a ceasefire and there's, there's stuff in here about like, what are the game effects of that? So I think that's a handy way in general, but I think it's well done in this, um, in this game. Um, and then we get into the core rules, which are it's the 2d20 yep. with all the standard SRD. Things like, I'll just, last piece I'll, I'll throw in there about rules. Uh, things like uh, extended tasks, gated linear, group, time prep, all that stuff is, is standard SRD. I know we didn't mention those. Those things appear um, in Ashland. I don't, I don't remember paying my, I don't, I don't think I noticed that or paid attention to it in Mermaids of the Depths, but in both this and Ashland, those, uh, those rules are all um, standard SRD stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we have our equipment section. One question I kept having as I was reading through this and reading about like equipment and like vocal communicate implied vocal communications, I kept thinking like, why would robots do that? You know, yeah. wouldn't they? they but then I went, wait a minute, these were robots that were put on a colony world, if I'm understanding this correctly, for the sake of, of, of serving humans and, and building a world and being, being part of and interacting in a world that would be populated by humans. So having human-like robots and having things like equipment that wouldn't necessarily be attachments and having, like, having basically anthropomorphized robots makes sense. And so if the robots are just going off of what they were given, it makes sense that they would create Think about this. I mean, it sounds silly because it's all made up, but like logically, if you let a bunch of machines create their own world, they wouldn't make it look like ours, yeah. you know, but because they were programmed to be like and work alongside totally makes sense. And once I realized that, I'm like, oh, I don't need to ask that question anymore. Totally makes sense. Um, so we have a handful of monsters in the beastery section mm. and then that's it. We finish. So. This of the three that we've looked at, this is the one to me that feels like it definitely needs either it's not finished or some more. I think the two biggest things I'm looking at here is one from a rules point of view, I don't I don't really see the difference between the fact that these are robots and if they were people. We have we have, you know, upgrades, which some of them do upgrade like the actual body, but yeah. You know, basically if you don't have any upgrades, you just have you still have melee weapons and yeah weapons i'm not sure why there's so many weapons in this game it doesn't feel like a game that should be around weapons so that's the first thing there's nothing that really you know you don't pick like a body type you don't at any point unlike in mermaids where you select a frame and that frame mm. when it only gives you a talent it's not changing your stats massively but there's nothing here about like you know whether i'm a big robot or a small robot or anything like that unless i missed it i just it doesn't seem to be you just you make your character well your you character have your, is, your your archetype or is it called your archetype yeah, well, it's, is that it's, the term? It's your roles. Uh, so we have this yeah, administrator, analyst, assembler, engineer. Right, and so I think so there's an there's an indication there, and there's art for those. But obviously, I like I wouldn't take every not every analyst looks like the analyst that's pictured on page forty three. I, I maybe a lot of them do, but I think that you've got leeway to, to say this is what my robot looks like. Um, but based on its role, I think it would make sense for an analyst is going to look different than an assembler, for example, and those are two different roles. But, um, but yeah, it would be, I'm, I'm interested in more, more world information that would differentiate this, as you were just saying, from like, okay, I'm emo the, the, this game really focuses on emotions, okay, which makes sense tied to, the, to robots, but what more about the robots 
can I know in order for me to feel like I'm doing sentience other than it's just like the story idea of, Hey, everybody at the table, we're playing robots that are now sentient and have emotions, not just sentient, but they have emotions as well. And what is that? What does that look like? Aside from all, all of us just getting on that train and saying, okay, we'll do that. Like I want more, I want more in this to explain to me the author's vision of that. Now, I do know this. I have not attended any of these. I do know that the author has done a couple of uh, live actual plays of this recently since he released it. And um, maybe maybe through that, like maybe if you attended that, you're like, oh, I, I totally get it. I, I get like what kinds of things would the robots do on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, that, that that's the stuff I wanted. The, the kind again, the yeah. same thing I said about mermaids. Is that the mermaids thing was the only thing missing. What happens on a general day? But there was plenty of stuff in there yeah. for the what are the different people doing, and what do what do the adventures do? Right, you're divers and yeah. you go on dives, and this is why you go on dives. Yeah, here that kind of like, what are you meant to do from session to session? It, yeah. it, it it's not there. We could do with that section and making it clear, because really, other than the dive, you are a sentient robot. Okay. And is, is right. kind of my question. Like the tools are there to make your characters and, and you know, right, we're going to be sentient robots. But then what, what do you actually do with that? Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, there's nothing in the rules that actually makes me feel like I am a robot because you're, you don't like, you know, yes, there are, you have different traits and stuff, but your traits are mostly around who you are. You, you, you could forget you're playing robots and say you're playing humans in this. And I don't see how the rules would massively change. Um, yeah. So I'd like maybe a bit more on that. So yeah. I, I, again, I, I think that the the putting emotions front and center makes sense, and is like I don't have to be sold on that. The idea that hey, here you're playing a robot that is sentient and has emotions, and that's something that like it's not used to. And so, okay, I can see you putting the emotions front and center, but you're right. I think they're, I'm, I'm interested in more world information, more call it like world story information. Where's the baked in plot or, or storylines yeah. that make the world what it is? Like, are there competing factions of robots that are trying to like outdo one another? Like I know one of the roles is the recycler. You know, is there some like weirdo cult of recycling robots that view any robot that's not working perfectly optimally by their definition as recyclable? So they're going around gobbling up other robots or I, I you know, and I'm just making that up. Um, but I, but that's not there. I don't, I don't see that. Like where, um, where are the sources of like dynamic stress in the setting yeah. that would create plot that would make it sentience plot? Um, instead of just like, well, you're awake and you got to do stuff. Like I don't. I think is there is stuff that yeah, I've said this about a bunch of different, well, a bunch of games in general. There is bits and pieces in the setting thing, but when your setting is the more different your setting is from a norm, you have to spell this stuff out. Yeah, Ashland doesn't need that stuff because you're in this desolate wasteland, and if you live in a city, you need to leave the city to get stuff, mm. and therefore you can kind of what's going to happen. Mermaids is very different from the norm so they spell it out this is what you do yeah. this doesn't spell out what you do and therefore i'm lost with a I'm, I'm however sure like you said the guy has done other things so at least you can look yeah however I will, i'll i'll say this uh that if the idea of playing a newly awakened emotional robot is of interest like a, if you're interested in playing a game where emotional motivations and like that internal side is and and relations with others as as dictated by it or shaped by it if that's interesting to you like if you want to play that's a, a more of a it almost feels like it almost feels like an implied nod toward like your indie games that are more focused on the motivations and the emotions and things like that rather than traditional like go to the extreme of like you know kick in the door kill the goblins take their gold kind of stuff if that sort of game interests you and the idea of like wow that'd be really cool with my players to sit around and like we're gonna we're gonna work through figuring out what it means to be sentient then this can provide you a vehicle the the layout and the um the call to production quality is very high um, is very good it's very high um white background super easy to read 
Um, and this coming from the guy who put like a parchment background in his game. So the art in it is, um, some of it is, I wouldn't say cartoony, but it looks more cartoony, like the character role art is a little more cartoony, whereas the other stuff looks more like um, like CGI style art, but more like photorealistic stuff, um, and it's good. Uh, so layout and the look of the game is actually, it's, I'd say of the three, it's the most polished. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very nicely done. Not to say that the other ones are not, um, but this one is, you know, if I was going to, I was going to rank them in that respect. I would put sentience on top. There we go. Hope that was helpful to, yeah. you know, if you were on the fence about, oh, do I get these or not? I mean, pay, they're, they're all on pay what you want, which is always that awkward thing. If you think, well, I guess I could just put in zero. And if I like yeah. it, I could throw in some money. But we all know what happens. You, you get it at zero. You look, think, eh, it's all right. But then you don't throw them any money. Right. Because you got it at zero. At least now we've given you an indication of, you know, that we... You know, you know what, too, I, I like think about it. So, yeah, throw him some money if you're going to. My sense is that um, I know for a fact that the author of Sentience and the author of Ashland, their intention is to support these games. Um, and so drive throughs terrific in terms of when the author edits something and wants to release a revised version of a game, you're going to get it, you yeah. know. And so, I mean, look, Ashland's what what I say is like 150 pages. Yeah, it is 150 pages and sentience is like 120 something pages. Mermaids is like 98. I mean, the, the people, they, they all put a lot of work into these. So I would throw some money at them um, just out of decency. I would throw some money at them. I think they're, I think they all have clear merits. Yeah. I think for me, mine, mine would be, yeah, go, go for mermaids. It's quirky and different and interesting and might be fun. So that'd be the one I go. Yeah. Try it's just out. the anime. It's the anime art. But if you like the anime and the idea of like a group of uh, anime cyborg type transhuman things going down into the deeps that are all female. With like little hats. Adventures. Yeah, little get, hats. get that. Because that's, that's what it is. It just, that's cool. That's my, uh, that's my one. You know what I, I love is when someone has like a, a creative has a, uh, just a, like you said, just a really quirky out there idea. And they're like, I'm not even, I'm not going to tone it down. In fact, I'm going to crank it up. <laughs> I'm going for it. And that's, that's what the author uh, intentionally or otherwise has, seems to have done here. So that's cool. There we go. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash Fluff and Crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much. <laughs>